Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Around the circle. That's the trouble around here. Talk, talk, talk. It's another crossover podcast. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's David Johnson at Rebels247. He writes for Inside the Rebels and a fit of 247 Sports. I write for the Old Miss Spirit and a fit of On3.com. Old Miss, as we're talking, has left for Omaha in the College World Series. It's happening. Old Miss is going on a title chase. Hey, buddy. Hey. Yeah, it feels a little weird, doesn't it? A little strange that uh, this is the Ole Miss team that got back to Omaha. I mean, nobody would have predicted that, not even a month ago. But last 16 games, I think they're 13-3, and 5-0 and uh, in the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, listening to some of the national heads talk, uh, I don't think many people are giving them much of a chance there. But, you know, baseball is, is, is a funny game. And all postseason play is about who's hot. Ole Miss is hot. Of course, there are seven other hot teams there right now as well. But, uh, you know, I just have a feeling about this Ole Miss team, Ben. You predicted they're going to win it all. I said they could win it all. Wait, did I? Did I say that on Monday? Yes, you did. Oh, boy. You flat out predicted (laughs) Ole Miss was going to win a national title. Good. Um, But I will say this, with, with Dylan DeLucha and Hunter Elliott, I mean, they've got as good of a chance as anyone. Those two guys are throwing as good as anybody in the country right now. So, you know, you you need to win that first game. Uh, Auburn, Saturday night. I, I like the matchup. I think the Rebels can, can beat Auburn. Uh, they took two of three from them earlier this year. Um, so, you know, the bottom line is you're there. And uh, enjoy the ride, and we'll see where it ends. Let's rank the Omaha field, the Omaha 8. We've got Arkansas, Auburn, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, Ole Miss, Stanford, Texas, and Texas A&M. Who's the last of the contenders in that field, in your opinion? Boy, that is, that is tough. Yeah. You know what, though? Uh, the team that goes home first, and, and I'm going to get people that are just going to think I'm crazy. I think Stanford goes home first. Wow. And I say that, I say that's crazy because they were the number two overall national seed. But we're about to see how a Pac-12 team does playing in the SEC West, basically. I mean, they're on the side of the bracket with Arkansas, Auburn, and Ole Miss. Um, So to me, I think Stanford is, is, is probably going home first. I also think Notre Dame's going to go home quickly, and that may become somewhat of a surprise simply because they beat Tennessee, but it wasn't Tennessee's weekend. Notre Dame is not better than Tennessee. They were better than Tennessee when it counted. Um, 
And, um, you know, they're, they're over there with Texas, Texas A&M and Oklahoma. Um, so I would have Stanford eight and Notre Dame seven. I don't know who I'd have number one in this field. I mean, I'd probably well, go I, with Stanford just because they're number two overall seed, but I kind of agree with you. Because half the teams in the Omaha eight are SEC West teams. Texas A&M, Arkansas, Auburn, and Ole Miss. And Ole Miss and Auburn yeah, to face off first, and yeah. Yeah, and look, let's be honest. Oklahoma and Texas are on the way to the SEC. Yes, they are. So so you could theoretically say six of the eight are SEC programs. Um, you know, and that's why I'm, I'm not high on Stanford because I know what we all know is, is that the best baseball in the country is no longer played on the West Coast, is played in the southeastern part of the United States in the SEC. So, you know, that, that's, that's probably why I'm not big on a school from California and a school from Indiana. Who's your favorite then, if you had to pick one? Man, if I had to pick one, oh, man, that's tough. I mean, obviously, Ole Miss is who I want to win this thing. If I had to pick a team that's just tough to beat and they've got a little bit of everything, it would be Texas A&M. Um, you know, they're, they're kind of scary, but they're beatable. Ole Miss beat them, what, a month ago in Oxford. Mm -hmm. So, you know, anything can happen in a single game. So I'm not totally uh, – I, I, it's hard to say. I will say Ole Miss had the chance. It was three competitive games, if I remember correctly, with Texas A&M. Could have swept that series. Yeah, they could have. They could have. Uh, they didn't. But, um, you know, I, I, I just think this is going to be a, a wonderful display of baseball. Um, I'm excited. Um, I, I think, and, and again, I'm looking at it through red and blue glasses, I think Ole Miss has an outstanding shot. They have defeated Arkansas. They have taken two of three from Auburn. Obviously, they haven't played Stanford. But I like my odds on that side of the bracket, you know? I really and truly do. So, you know, it's uh, it's going to be a fun weekend. Man, Saturday night is going to be incredible. And think about this. My wife and I were talking about this last night. How many Ole Miss fans have canceled summertime vacations to Florida to go to Omaha? A lot, a lot. Rebel Nation will be represented tremendously here at Omaha. It's Orange Beach will be filled with LSU fans and state fans, not Ole Miss fans this year. Alabama fans. That's that's yeah, right because Auburn. people people are going to spend their money to go to Omaha. Yeah, Auburn fans aren't even going to be here because they're going to be in Omaha, or not really? here, but I meant Orange Beach. But you get what I'm saying. But I look at the field. What I'm getting at is Tennessee being out of this field opens it up wide open to me because I think Tennessee was the best team in the country, and I think they're one of the best teams in a long time. But the thing is about baseball. In a three-game series, anything can happen. So you look at this field, and I like Ole Miss's chances with what they are now compared to what they were throughout the course or majority of the year. Like you said, 13-3 and three in their last 16 games. They're playing like the team that was once ranked number one in the country and also came into the year, everyone expecting them to get to where they are now, and that's Omaha. 
So when I look at the well, field, there's just not there's not a team I don't I look at and go, oh God, Ole Miss is going to have to run through that Goliath. Correct, and and you know what? They're feeling it. They are feeling. Yeah, it. I mean yeah. they are they are literally they have the mojo in the palm of their hands, and uh, we've seen that. I mean, again, it's no small feat to go to Miami and go three and zero in a regional and knock off Arizona twice in Miami. I mean, nobody in America would be surprised if the Miami Hurricanes or the Arizona Wildcats were in Omaha. Nobody. I mean, Ole Miss dispelled them and then dispatched their in-state foe, Southern Miss, like they should have in dominating fashion, 15 to nothing. Um, You know, I think it was only like the third time that a team was blanked in a super regional since 1999. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, you got to think about how dominant that is. They didn't wet the bed. They embraced the moment. They are embracing the moment. They're playing with house money. Um, you know, the kids can go out there and practice. They can play the games knowing their head coach is going to be back. I mean, there, that that was very much an issue in Miami and somewhat of an issue in Hattiesburg. It's no longer an issue. We talked about that. Uh, Mike Bianco is, is safe in his job at Ole Miss. And, you know, you hope they still keep playing with a sense of desperation because that's what I sensed from the Rebels in Miami and in Hattiesburg, that um, – they were playing for more than than than, than advancing to Omaha. They exactly. were playing for their skipper, the yeah. guy they love. The guy and and also, they, they were playing as if from. they expected this, that they expected to win. And that's what makes me feel different, a little bit more bullish about this team going to Omaha than in 2014. Because in 2014, it was just about getting there, finally breaking through and getting there. And this team, the team that came in, the last team selected into the field, a three-seed, goes to a tough Miami regional, um, then advances out and goes to Super against Hattiesburg, in Hattiesburg against Southern Miss. And Southern Miss, granted, Ole Miss is taking good, good care of them this year, but in past history, Southern Miss has been really tough for Ole Miss. And then Ole Miss goes in and dominates two games. So the reason I'm more bullish now than 2014, or really ever, because Ole Miss has only gotten there twice since the 70s, is because this team is not playing like typical. It's not like they went and won game one, got some hope of lost game two, and then got through game three by the skin of their teeth. No, they dominated the field. So this team is playing in a way that I've seen get hot before in the postseason in baseball, and that's with the Braves last year and won a title. Uh, the Braves weren't over 500 until after the All-Star break. And and I look at Ole Miss in the same kind of deal, like underachieved or things happened, things didn't go their way. They get into the field, but now they've gotten hot. And guys that needed to step up and kind of uh, solidify certain spots for them, like Josh Mouse in the bullpen, have done so. So now, yeah, I look at this field without Tennessee in it, because Tennessee came in and whipped Ole Miss, just whipped Ole Miss. And that's the first time I've thought in a long time, oh, my God, Ole Miss is not even close to this team. This field, it's different. And Ole Miss is already playing well enough that even if Tennessee was in the field, I'd go, well, they're playing really, really well right now. They're 13-3 and in their last 16. Everything's kind of figured out. They know who they are. What they want to do, how they're going to approach games, it's just different. It's a different feel to it. Well, you look at them over their last three games, and they've outscored their opponents 37-6. to six. God. 
in a national field, 37 to six, all six runs came against Arizona. And um, it's not like they're 13 and three because they played 16 against the sisters of the poor here. That's right. And, you know, to me, the most impressive victory out of the five tournament games was the two to one win over Miami. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're pitching your defense held strong on a, on a day. Excuse me. Let's be honest here. Miami had great pitching as well that day. Uh, but, but, you know, Ole Miss found a way. And, and it does give you a sense that this is a team maybe of destiny. I know that sounds so cliche, but um, that they're going to find a way to stick around Omaha, maybe even until the end. So, you know, I, I feel good about them. I'm extremely happy, extremely happy for Mike Bianco and his entire coaching staff. And some of those kids who have cast their lot with Ole Miss that going into this tournament, they they didn't know what direction the program was going to head. Um, you know, had they been out at Miami, I'm convinced there would have been a change. Oh, um, I know there would have been. Uh, well, I don't yeah. know. You never know for well, sure. But everything I was getting, it was just like an inevitability that, yeah, they got in, but this is going to end one way and – everything that's been kind of trending in a certain way for months, that's where it's going to end up. And it didn't happen. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm a little disappointed that, um, that question has really not been asked of Mike Bianco in the postseason. What do you mean? You know, well, in that, you know, you know, Mike, where, where was your job status? You know, have you, uh, you know, at what point did you do enough? Um, you know, that really hasn't been addressed. And now, to be honest with you, it's kind of past the point to be addressed. Um, you know, it would be kind of you, nobody wants to rain on a parade. And what Mike has done is taken this from and, – and his boys, I mean, they've taken this from a debacle to a parade. And more power to them. I mean, man, that's just – Awesome. I still think it's the best story. It is. Look, I know all, all the storylines coming out of Knoxville and this great Tennessee team and Notre Dame knocking them off. But to me, Ole Miss baseball is the best story in college baseball heading into Omaha. I, I, I just I firmly believe that. I don't disagree with that. And I think it's the best Ole Miss story this year, even with Ole Miss going to the Sugar Bowl and winning 10 games, the first 10-win regular season ever. Because college baseball, it's different down here. If this was at Notre Dame or whatever, I don't think Notre Dame fans are treating their trip to Omaha like Ole Miss fans are because college baseball is just a different world in the South. And every yeah. single year, Ole Miss comes into the year with legitimate championship ex- expectations. And the reason why Ole Miss fans were frustrated, the ones that were the most critical of Mike Bianco and just where this program was, was not because of how good of a program it is. It is a great program. Objectively, a great program has been. It's that they weren't breaking through with a team that everyone felt was – Every year, in enter the year every year thinking, yes, they can win a championship. And they always fell short of getting into that Omaha 8. Well, now they're there. And they're playing the hottest of any team in the country. So, hey, if I said it on Monday, which apparently I did, I completely forgot. If y'all can't tell, we don't really prepare at all. Me and Dave just sit down and talk. Me and Brad just sit down and talk. Whenever I do a podcast, just sit down and talk. So, apparently my big mouth has locked in that Ole Miss is winning the whole dang thing. You know what? Good. Good. I'm all on board with it. Why not? Yeah, yeah, I'm on board with it, too, that they could win it all. Um, you know, and, and, you know, Saturday night's going to show us, look, if they win that one, I'll feel a little stronger about it. 
Mm-hmm. And if they win Monday, I'll feel even stronger about it. But there's a lot of work to be done in Omaha, a lot of difficult work. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But Ole Miss fans should enjoy this, embrace this. Uh, you know, I, I've, I've read post after post on message boards, and I know you have too, uh, disgruntled fans with the baseball program and the game has passed Mike by and all that stuff. And, um, you know, it just – it just, it, it's wonderful. I don't think I saw a single negative Mike Bianco post on our board yesterday. Mm-hmm. Monday, still a couple of people trying. But on Tuesday, it was all gone. And, uh, man, that's just awesome. I mean, I, I, am, I am so happy. And I know he's happy because for him, you know, he can start focusing on what matters. And that's, you know, continuing to win, continuing to go to Omaha for this Ole Miss baseball program. And, um, you know, so what if it's taken 22 years or eight years since the last one? Man, it's just great to – this is a great time to be an Ole Miss Rebel fan. And everybody should enjoy it and embrace it. That's all it is. Because the way I feel about it is all anybody wanted was an Omaha trip. That's it. They wanted an Omaha trip. But unlike 2014 with this group, the way they're playing – it's a different vibe because you feel like they could actually go to the thing and win it. Really go in there and win it. They got to get game one. But now I think it's a relief for everybody. Not just Mike, not just Keith, not just me or the fans. Literally everybody that loves or pays attention to or covers Ole Miss baseball, it is a friggin' relief that Mike Bianco isn't the the, uh, story anymore. Yeah, because let's be honest here. I mean, you know, Keith Carter was facing a very difficult decision, I think may not be as difficult as some people might have thought it was, but, you know, you know, Keith, uh, Keith has had issues he's had to deal with. I mean, he retained Kermit. You're keeping Kermit around another year, much to the chagrin of a lot of Ole Miss fans. We're not happy with that. Uh, A lot of Ole Miss fans, just to be bluntly, speak bluntly, uh, you know, think it's just a, continuation of something that's going to have to happen after next year. Felt that same way. Uh, Did a lot of Ole Miss fans after Mike, after publicly flirting with LSU just came back and Ole Miss and him stayed together for the kids. So you never know. This might be the perfect scenario for not only Ole Miss baseball getting to Omaha, but Ole Miss basketball too. And that might sound like, what what the hell are you talking about here? But think about it. Like part of the things I heard, and I don't know if it's true or not, because I haven't verified it with the people that would need to verify it. I never will. But one of the reasons why, one of the reasons why, Keith really didn't have any kind of decision to make about Kermit is because of the money Ole Miss has been paying out and stuff like that. And he thought he was probably going to have to make a baseball coaching change. So two changes in one year for, for a university, for an athletics department that's already kind of strapped for some cash because of stuff they're having to pay out over years of really crappy things happening. Well, now it's the best case scenario. So you can give Kermit his opportunity and Mike took advantage of his opportunity. It took a little bit of a politicking on his end, but he did it. And this is the best case scenario. Enjoying a summer of not coaching rumors or hand wringing or whatever. Ole Miss is in Omaha for a title chase. Amen. And uh, you know, we were talking about this team feeling it. Sometimes an AD just feels it too. You know, and 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 a good AD is going to go off instincts, and nine out of ten times those instincts are going to prove correct. Um, so. You know, maybe Keith Carter felt something with Kermit. Well, Ross went off his instincts about telling his story, and he never told his side of the story. Yeah, that's true. We're still waiting to hear that. But, uh, 
But nevertheless, um, you know, and, and who knows? Maybe that College World Series final uh, series will be Ole Miss and A and M. Oh my uh, God! Can you imagine? Well, yeah, I can imagine it. I definitely <sighs> can. Uh, you know, Ross. Uh, Ross now wears cowboy boots every day to work, um, but that's okay. Hey, that's good for him. Than a three wheel tricycle with a helmet. I'm not gonna dog Ross. I like Ross fine, but he he's good about. But, I'm telling you the truth. No, I know. But what I'm saying is, is like I, I totally get where you're coming from because it's like, it's like Brian Kelly when he got hired at LSU and started talking with a very yeah. southern accent. You know, yeah. like where in the hell did this come from? Same thing with like Ross and his boots. What are you doing? You never wore boots here, but now all of a sudden yeah. you're at College Station at Texas A&M in Texas. Well, in Texas we wear boots. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a boot wearing. Wrangler wearing. Yep. Uh, Does he wear a bolo tie? Does he have a bolo tie? Probably. No, no wait, let me finish that because that didn't sound like white cowboy shirt wearing gay deep. <laughs> Not a white cowboy. I wasn't saying that. But but anyway, you, you cut me off. Sorry. Man. Sorry. I there I go again, about, interrupting. Uh, I had that person get all, get mad at me in reviews saying I interrupt too much, so there I go again, interrupting. Before we get out of here, because this is a very brief, uh, quick crossover podcast, big news on the recruiting front, so that takes us to a recruit check. But before we do it, David wants to tell you quickly about a sponsor of this podcast. Hey, guys, just want to tell you this podcast, this crossover podcast is brought to you in part by S&J Custom Framing, where – Art is a gift of love. S&J Custom Framing is located at 1001 Van Buren Avenue in Oxford. Go see John Adams. John is the owner of S&J Custom. And let me tell you, it's the perfect place to go shopping for the Ole Miss fan uh, or even for yourself because you're Ole Miss fans as well. Ben, they've got great prints inside this store of Ole Miss football uh, legendary prints, Dexter McCluster, Chad Kelly, the Mannings, uh, you name it, and they have it at S&J Custom Framing, as well as they can frame any Ole Miss memorabilia or non-Ole Miss memorabilia that you'd like. Great selections of mats and frames in there. John's always willing to work with you on the pricing of things as well. And Before we go, let me tell you about their pottery. Peachtree Pottery, Beloved Pottery, Crossroad Pottery. Uh, just some incredible gifts in there. Next time you're in town for the weekend and you're looking for a place uh, to buy some old Miss merchandise and art, even pottery, go visit John Adams at S&J Custom Framing, 1001 Van Buren in Oxford. This podcast is also brought to you by Thomas Chandler. He specializes in retirement and investment planning and loves helping people plan for their dream. He can help you with pretty much anything you could possibly need from mutual funds to employee benefits, college savings plans, and even a 1% guaranteed annuity. Give Thomas a call today at 662-296-0186. 662-296-0186 and start taking control of your future today with Thomas Chandler. Let's hear from a couple more proud sponsors of this podcast. Ah, it's springtime in Oxford again. Who doesn't love springtime in Oxford? Flowers bloom and the square is popping. Ole Miss baseball, a little Ole Miss spring football. It's honestly one of the best times of the year, so why not enjoy it? See all the beauty that Oxford has to offer in a brand new car, truck, or Jeep. Well, if you're in the market, 
The only place to go, Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. From new and used sales to parts and service, Alan Samuels of Oxford aims to provide a truly stellar automotive experience. And what separates them from every other dealership in Oxford, Mississippi, as Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford aims to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Most everyone who's listened to this podcast should know by now, this is the only place to go. And when you go, ask for Brian or Mason. Tell them Talk of Champions sent you. And take advantage of any one or more of the services Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford provides by contacting them at 662 662- Two three four eight thousand. That's six six two two three four eight thousand. Twenty two zero one East University Avenue in Oxford, Mississippi. Alan Samuels, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. The signs of summer are here: freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss, anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head, and PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com slash TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com slash TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions podcast network. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes. Ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Check it. Check it. Recruit check. We haven't done a recruit check in a while, but we need to do one today. Yes, Ole Miss baseball is headed to Omaha in a title chase, going for a championship. But Ole Miss football picked up a big-time commitment on Monday. Both David and myself, well, David told you first, I told you second, kind of reaffirming it, that Ole Miss was going to be getting a commitment from a four-star offensive lineman. Bryson Sanders, he committed on Monday. David, what is Ole Miss getting in four-star offensive lineman Bryson Sanders? Yeah, I think what they're getting out of Bryson is their future center. Um, he is an interior offensive lineman, uh, obviously can play guard, but highly intelligent kid. And uh, I think he's going to be the heir apparent to that center position when Caleb Warren moves on. Uh, and I think he's going to be an incredible center. This kid gets after it. Uh, he's got all the intangibles, Ben, and uh you know, again, I, I think we don't talk enough about the job Jake Thornton is doing recruiting offensive line Agreed. here at Ole Miss. Uh, he's doing a fantastic job. And, uh, you know, I think he's going to have another one um, that's going to be coming along here in a couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, I don't mind saying it. I think uh, I think Ole Miss is going to get Wilkins Wilkin Formby. Formby. Out of Northridge High School in 
freaking Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And, you know, here's the thing. Alabama desperately wants Formby, but I think Jake Thornton and Lane Kiffin, they got the inside angle on Formby very early. It's going to matter. And um, I think Formby is going to be an Ole Miss Rebel. That's my prediction. Um, you know, and he was he went to Alabama on an official visit last weekend. That tells you where Alabama is with him. They want him. But, um, you know, and he's taking all his officials. He's going to LSU this weekend, Tennessee next weekend. He has already been to Ole Miss, Oklahoma, and Alabama. So, uh, you know, this is a big-time prospect, big-time kid. He's six foot seven, very athletic, obviously elite size. And, uh, you know, so that's my prediction. If nothing changes between now and probably the last week of June, first week or two of July, Will Conformby will be the next big-time commitment for Jake Thornton and the Ole Miss Rebels. I wrote on the Ole Miss Spirit, OmeSpirit.com and FitOne3.com on the message board a couple weeks ago that Ole Miss was feeling increasingly confident it was going to land both Bryson Sanders and Wilkin Formby. Well, the first domino has fallen in Bryson Sanders, and I agree with you. I think Wilkin Formby is going to follow right soon after him, not far after him. Um, maybe yeah. next week, whenever. But, like, that's two huge pieces. Those are two four-star offensive linemen. And we're just, like, yeah. talking about them in passing. In old days, you would do, like, specials for these things. Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, you know, I was on the field last summer when Ole Miss offered Wilkin Formby. And, um, you know, you could just see the excitement in his eyes. It was really his first big-time offer. And um, it, those things matter. They matter, him. yeah. They really matter. Ole Miss went out on a limb and became the first, if I'm not mistaken, the first Power 5 school to offer Wilkin Formby, and then everybody else just kind of lined up and made their offers. And, uh, you know, and also I think Lane has a great relationship with his father. Obviously, Jake Thornton does as well. Um, But to pull a kid really in the shadows of Bryant-Denny Stadium away from Nick Saban in Alabama, says a tremendous amount about the job Ole Miss is doing on the recruiting trail. Um, it's still got to happen. It's still got to happen, yeah. yeah, yeah. If it had to happen today, I, I, you know, it's Ole Miss. I, I truly believe that. But uh, we'll see what happens with his uh, official to LSU, and he's going on an official to Tennessee. But, you know, it shouldn't really surprise anybody. I mean, Ole Miss got Bryson Sanders from Tennessee – and Oklahoma, those were his other finalists. And uh, he picked Ole Miss. I mean, this is a program on the rise. You mentioned the Sugar Bowl earlier. Uh, would not surprise me at all if Ole Miss doesn't string together back-to-back 10-win seasons and close in another New Year's Bowl this year. Oh, that's breaking news. That's breaking news for David Johnson. David Johnson reporting. Ole Miss will be winning 10 games and going to another New Year's Six Bowl next year, David. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's that's where I got them right now, and I'll be honest with you. You know, I, p- I picked them to lose at Texas A&M and against Alabama. Um, you know, but they could win either one of those games as well. But I'm going 10-2. I think that's a good, you know, uh, fifth straddling pick right there. I think that's rich. Well, you know, it all depends on how the quarterbacks develop, and I think it depends on how the wide receivers develop. You've got to you've got to have that stud receiver. You know, you you've got Michael Trigg at tight end; he's going to be a stud. 
but you need a, a, another stud or two to develop out there on the edges and uh, quarterback. And the talent is there to have a very good quarterback. And I think, uh, you know, the schedule is kind enough that if you even have to take that into the season, Ben, you know, you got three or four games that you get to play before it gets serious. And, uh, you know, so I, I think they'll iron that out. Lane Kiffin, Charlie, they'll, they'll, they'll get that mouth out. And I think everything's going to be okay. Look, all the makings are there for an unbelievable ground game with Zach Evans and the offensive line. And not just Zach, but you, you know, Ulysses Bentley with his speed. Kentrell Bullock looked good. Heck, even Isaiah Woolard looked great in the spring. So they're deep at running back. You know, their first five on the offensive line is very good. They've got some really good talent behind those first five. Um, you know, whether or not it's ready this fall, I don't know. But the front five, I'd go to war with those five against anybody. Devin Thomas also looked good every spring, David. I agree. I agree. I agree. But it's never going to look proven record. Ulysses Bentley has a proven track yes. record. Yes. With you there. Those guys aren't going to go on the tank. So, I was more talking about yeah. Isaiah Woolard. God bless him. Hey, I'm just telling you, Unc looked good. His nickname is Unc, but he looked good. I love that because he looks like somebody's uncle. <laughs> just like yeah, an old yeah, man. Yeah. They all call him Unc. <sighs> but, uh, but, but he looked great, I thought. I love what and they're doing with high school prospects. Like it's not that he looks like somebody's Uncle Ben. He kind of acts like your uncle. Oh, he's one of those, you know, huh? He's, he's like the brown noser. Yeah. He's such a good guy, you know? But he's the one that's going to, like, get on to you if you steal a pencil. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Right. I love what they're doing with high school prospects because um, it's going to be a smaller group due to the transfer portal, and yet they're not only targeting quality, but they're landing quality. Yeah, I think it's made their high school recruiting more elite, to be honest with you. Mm. And, I, you know, I, and I think we talked about this on Monday. You know, I know they're having discussions inside the Manning Center right now as to what their camps will look like next year. You know, because, you know, is bringing in, you know, 400 kids for a single camp what they need to do? You know, um, I, I doubt it. And I, and I think you're going to see a little bit of a, of, a, of a more elite Ole Miss camp presence next summer, whereas everybody walking in the building is, is somebody, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I can see that too. Because it felt like this camp season, it was like the last of a dying breed of camps. It really did. Yeah. I mean, it did. I mean, their numbers were fine. They they had the kids there, but fewer and fewer that you know we as media people wanted to stop and talk with. It's just the way it was, and it's not a knock on the kids. It's just it's different now. It's different. It used to be that camps would be a bunch of kids that were really talented coming in to earn an offer. Well, now those offers, I don't know if you don't got them now, I don't know if you're going to get one. Yeah. And you know, you see Ole Miss uh, and everybody else in the country, they're throwing out offers to 26 kids and this, that, and the other, you know, it, it's a long time before, you know, those offers become committable. I don't even know. report those offers, David. I just don't do yeah. it. I mean, it, it, it's just kind of a, uh, Hey, we want to get our foot in the door. Mm -hmm. We want to say we like you. You know, let's develop a relationship. But, you know, a 26 kid's not ready to commit, and the school offering him is not ready to accept that commitment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Unless it's like the best of the best. 
And we yeah, all know who like the top ten dudes are in each in each class well before they, they become you know, class yeah. eligible or whatever. I mean who was the linebacker at LSU? Oh man, he got he had like ten offers when he was in fourth grade. I, I can't remember his name, but I remember it was a big deal when he came up here and Freeze offered him. Um but you know, those those kind of, they would have taken that commitment, absolutely. Yeah, but, but uh, for the most part, outside yeah. of like the top ten, and these are thousands of kids every single year. Outside yeah, of ten or twenty, yeah, yeah, it's just gamesmanship. That's what it is. Ole Miss is going to Omaha. I have predicted apparently that they're going to win, and by God, I'm sticking to it. David saying they can win it. Here we go. Can they? Are they going to beat Auburn on Saturday? Dylan Delucia's yeah, taking them out. All right. I'll predict a victory in the first game. There, okay. Yes. That's all. Let's just take it step by step, just like Ole Miss baseball will. But we both are bullish that this field is exploitable for an Ole Miss baseball team that is hot right now, 13-3 and three in their last 16. He's David Johnson at Rebels247. Writes for Inside the Rebels 247 Sports. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and for the Devon 3. I'm at SpiritBit on Twitter. If you haven't already, subscribe or review this podcast in iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, we're there. Just simply search Talk of Champions. And when you do, leave a review. Say whatever you want. I do not care. Say that I interrupt because I do. It's a bad habit. I'm trying to break it. But make sure it's five stars. I don't care what you say as long as it's five stars. What? Yeah, literally, we're just having fun here. I yeah. mean, we, we love talking about Ole Miss sports, and uh, we appreciate you guys letting us talk to you about it. Heck, yeah. Well, we'll do it again, buddy. Let's like, are we going to do a podcast immediately after the first weekend's game? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, Saturday right. night. Because I already committed to Mike Clement. I said, if y'all get to Omaha, are you finally going to like throw BP to me so that I can look like a fool in front of a camera and strike out, you know, being tossed BP? And he said, yes. So now I got to do that plus a podcast with David after the first weekends of games. So I'm already setting up a schedule to where I could be really embarrassed with myself with my prediction that they're going to win it. Getting tossed BP. I, I'm just setting up some uh, mini a banana pill for me to slip on, David. Nah, you, you'll recover. You're okay. nimble. But yeah, so that means that means about eleven o'clock Saturday night, we're going to have a crossover podcast up for you guys. Okay. So I'm going. I'm going to say five hours. You know, baseball. That means four hours. So the game won't be over until ten. Oh, yeah, I'll be eleven. By eleven, we'll, we'll, right. we'll have some. All right. I'll talk to you then. Bye. Then. All right, buddy. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done.